Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermons past Sunday. For more recordings of our sermons and our podcast, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Cologne. Secondarily, I'm Kendrick Spells. Thirdary, I'm Dave McMurray. And lastly, and finally, and completely, I am Chris Webster. Thirdarily? Yeah. <laughs> you speak I didn't want to say tertiary. I thought y'all would pick on me for that. I'm picking on you for saying thirdary. <laughs> tertiary is the proper term. Well, let's get to it. We're a little late from technical difficulties, so we don't have as much time today. So we're going to try and get this knocked out. We're in Daniel chapter 8 this week in your series uh, titled What to Do When the World Falls Apart. And you basically made stuff up this week, right? Totally. <laughs> totally completely made up? Mm-hmm. Well, you... Imaginary. I mean, Imaginary. somebody's got to make it up somewhere, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. This was incredible predictions of the future that have come true. Mm, so you didn't have to make them up because they actually came yeah. true. They actually came oh, true. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yep. Well, your title this week was Faith Versus Uncertainty, and you talked about how um, faith laments, faith trusts in God's sovereignty or His uh, rule, reign, control, mm-hmm. kingship, and how faith sees the end. Mm. Why don't you give Word. us a little overview of faith versus uncertainty before we jump into anything that popped out yeah so it's kind of the meta theme of the whole book you know we keep coming back to the idea of god is in charge even though life is crazy so our series is what to do when the world falls apart this week seemed to really echo that major theme even more than others but that theme has been hammered the whole time you know to greater or lesser degrees that the apocalyptic revealing of this is what's going on in heaven and that builds our faith while we're on the ground. Like, everything's going nuts, you know, evil, injustice, craziness. But God is on his throne. He's moving forward. You know, history is moving somewhere. God is going to ultimately destroy sin and evil and death. And so that builds our faith as we see God's revelation. Um, and I was really trying to emphasize that this week. And last week hit it a little bit. But just the idea that apocalyptic is so weird as American consumers, we can think, well, why, why is this even here? Um, but this kind of reinforcing that we need God's revelation in uncertain times to build our faith. So, um, And I played up the just the way that for myself, I often will try something mechanical before I read the instructions. It depends on probably how expensive the thing is that I might ruin, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's a simple thing, I'll usually just try it based on intu- intuition. And then I'll realize, oh, wait, I need... I need instruction, you know. I need uh, a law or revelation from someone that knows how to use this thing, and then I have to go figure that out, and that helps me battle uncertainty. So I was kind of using that illustration of uh, misusing a tool last week and then having to go get some instructions on how to properly use it. I think I missed your illustration. Mm, It was a uh, drain auger. Have you ever used one of those where you, like, crank this metal cable down into a drain like I was fixing my mom's shower drain 
and it looks like you can just crank it and it'll just go in there but there's like this little latch you're supposed to lock and like feed it eight inches at a time piece by piece i didn't realize that i just opened the lock and just cranked for 20 minutes <laughs> nothing happened it was terrible man uh my kids are really good at putting things and clogging drains and i've learned a trick yes do you yes. want another trick use, what's the use trick a coat hanger what do you yeah. do dish soap ah so apparently if you put dish soap mm-hmm. it like I makes it slippery. Yeah, it makes it. Yeah, I was like, well, moving. <laughs> yeah, it like sounds like makes slippery. it all slippery, and then everything just flows through the drain. Apparently, ah, uh, it's worked. That makes sense. Several times. Wow, Mind I like blown. that. Yeah, no way. Uh, yeah. I my magical trick when my kitchen sink was broken one time, clogged. I had to get up on the roof with one of those augers mm. and come down through the, uh, yeah, the drain the vent vent. that's on the Whoa. roof. Yeah. Huh. That's level two. You'll graduate there someday. Wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. You need a long snake for that. Yeah, it was funny. So, you know, the shower has that little, you know, like old, old tubs have the pop-up thing. It's got like this metal grate. Uh-huh. I couldn't get through the grate. So I actually asked Chris about that first. And then he told me how to undo that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's easy. And then I didn't, I didn't ask anybody about how to actually use the auger. So, well, tell the whole story because I sent you a YouTube video that told you exactly how to do it, right? right but right, you right. didn't watch the YouTube video. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Right? <laughs> you watched it at two times speed. Yeah, until I got into trouble. Then I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And well, the plot thickens. Brent, this is all really great. related. Since before we started, I said we only have forty-five minutes. We gotta get yeah. moving on this one. The idea so, is yes. we need help from mm, the outside. We need help. Mm. I guess uh, hmm. we we talk about faith a lot in this. Do you talk mm-hmm. about in the sermon like the opposite of faith? Because people will be like, uh, I guess we hear a lot like, oh, you need to have faith and stop being fearful, you know, about mm. everything that's going on in the world. Is, yeah. is faith and fear an opposite or fear is that the opposite of faith? Hmm. Is that unrelated? We cannot talk about well, it if it's unrelated. Yeah, it could it could be. I think for this week it's faith in myself or my circumstances versus versus faith in God. So like my circumstances are crazy and I'm running out of options, you know, so that's how I was thinking, especially with the illustration setup, that I I can go into a situation and have faith in my experience or faith in things I've seen. And then realize quickly that runs out, and I need help from the outside. So, and then the uh, then the subpoints were were defining what faith actually looks like. You know, faith gives us permission to lament. Faith is trusting in God's sovereignty. God is God is bigger and in control. So I'm, He's the object of my faith rather than myself. And then faith sees the end. We see that God is moving history towards this final climax that will be good. That's that's a really cool question, Joy. I like that because mm-hmm. trying to find the opposite of faith helps me. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking the the verse that says faith is the evidence of things unseen, mm-hmm. and so then if you use that definition for faith, then the opposite would be everything you see, <laughs> like mm-hmm. being just completely mm-hmm. consumed by mm-hmm. this immediate evidence. Um, and and I want to be specific about that. Like faith is based on something. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just believe something randomly it's it's based on evidence but but i think what like you were saying dave what we're looking at is 
what's right in front of my eyes that is like mm -hmm. weighing me down and I can touch it right now. This, that evidence versus some other kind of evidence and believing on what, what's on the other side of that or what's going to happen next or what, what's, mm -hmm. what's the reality right now too, of what, who's holding me and, and what is going on. Um, so anyway, that might be an interesting thing as we go forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's good because I think, so when our life is going well, it's easy to place our faith in what's close, what's easy, what we can see. Um, and when things are all messed up, then often, then our eyes turn upwards. You know, they talk about, um, you know, stress, faith in foxholes, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, stress drives you to go, okay, I need, I'm needing something else. You know, my normal power is not, not working here. It's mm. good. Faith laments um, is your first point, and mm -hmm. at least in the preach ahead, we talked about how that's not super right here in this text, but that it's coming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, anything about it coming next week or about what happened here? I don't know. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with faith laments. Yeah, yeah. So... We see this repeatedly in Daniel, and it's a minor theme. So I think that was the point uh, Kathy brought up. She's like, I don't know if that was as clear in this text. You know, like if you were to lay out this text and say, what are the major themes? You wouldn't necessarily say lament is one of the major themes. But I would argue that it's definitely in the text. It's just not as strong. And it's very clearly in verse 27. After he got this vision, he says he was overcome, he lay sick for some days, he was appalled by the vision, he didn't understand it. So, Daniel, we see Daniel repeatedly express real grief over sin and brokenness, which doesn't really match up with our Western ideals of masculinity and faith. I think our Western ideals of masculinity and faith are, don't cry, tough it out, you know, act like everything's okay. We can even mix in a little health and wealth gospel where it's like, as long as you stay positive, things will turn out for you. But we see Daniel actually grieving. We see Daniel actually collapsing, being sick, being upset by these visions of, of death and mayhem. Um, so I was trying to point out even, even this like greatest, most holy man of the Bible still was grieved by the, the visions that he saw. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I think it's definitely in the text. It was just one verse where it's really explicit. And then in chapter nine, it's almost the whole chapter is about that. So. Uh, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, was it this point that you talked about how, uh, you know, there's a time to lament and be sad? Was that this point or a different point? Because I feel mm -hmm. like your Wednesday and Sunday are mixing up in my brain. Yeah, I reverse the order. I switched the order. So when I did the original, I made it the last point because it was the last verse. Right, right. But this week I switched it around um, because I think applicationally how we live this out, we usually start with lament. You know, we start with like the world is broken and then we move on to trusting God's sovereignty and seeing the end. So I moved it to the beginning just to kind of place it more in the how we, how we experience it order. Uh, I guess I, I was just going to say I really liked that point because I feel mm -hmm. like at least people around me seem to never want to be sad or never mm -hmm. want to, you know, mm -hmm. lament. So 
You know, yeah. funerals aren't called funerals; they're called celebrations of life. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's good at some some degree, mm-hmm. uh, and especially you know if it's somebody who's lived a long life, an old saint, mm-hmm. like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, hard deaths or deaths that should be sad. It's like, oh, we we can't even act sad or be sad about it. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, yeah. I just thought that was good because we do often like try and just gloss over the sadness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Go ahead. What's interesting to me in this point is he's lamenting over the sin, sadness, death, hard news. Um, man, this I, it's just the way he receives this information in the vision and, and dreams. Mm-hmm. I think even as like a, a <coughs> young Christ follower... Mm-hmm. I experienced a lot of these sort of like symptoms, if you will, coming to find hard truths mm. um, as well. You know, like mm-hmm. um, I don't have anything to do with salvation. That was a hard truth for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sinner and I can't clean myself up. That takes Jesus. Those were things that kind of like put me down, if you will, in my mind for a few days because it was tough for me to wrap my mind around, Yeah, I guess, these truths. So I think... Uh, even just seeing him lamenting here over over godly concepts, I think is something that's still very real, even in our lives mm-hmm. today. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. I think that's that's a thing I think about in worship. We 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 tend to limit worship to one piece of the emotional spectrum. Like when we come to church, we should be made happy, and that's what mm-hmm. that's the goal of worship. And if I go to a church that doesn't make me feel happy. I'm leaving, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, but really that's, that's, we're called to the whole range of the, the whole spectrum of emotions. We should like have this, this journey of sorrow sometimes and awe sometimes and joy sometimes. And, uh, yeah, just being sobered, you know, like that whole concept of sober minded, like just a, a sense of weight, like, whoa, yeah. God is big and I'm not, you know. So that, that's an encouragement to all all church people, right? Like, don't just go looking for for a happy feeling because sometimes God needs to take, like you said, Dave. You have to go through the lament to see what joy even means. You have to go through the hard things to to see the beauty on the other side. <laughs> I know we've talked about it a lot too. I, I was just really fast. I know we don't have a ton of time, but um. I keep thinking about linguistically this word lament mm-hmm. and why we use it mm-hmm. versus other, any other words. Um, is it, I, I have a, some, assume it's because it's sort of a biblical word we can use for a specific type of sadness maybe, or did, I don't mm-hmm. know. We've said this a little bit before, but what would you say, Dave, of like, is there anything different from just sadness period? Or we've said, you know, is it different from whining or what, what, why do you use the word lament specifically? That's good. Yeah. Well, so I, I think the reason you even asked the question is because I, I typically avoid uncommon words, right? So my teaching style is to try to be as common and understandable as possible. So then why would I use an uncommon word like lament? And I think it is, it is, um, nesting it into the biblical framework. So I could have just used sadness. I could have used grieve, grief. Um, I was trying to go for the the wordplay with lamentations. We have a book of the Bible called Lamentations. I was trying to call people to, okay, this is a thing you need to see. You know, kind of like we would say, 
Trinity is a word we just got to use. It's not a word used anywhere outside of the church. It's a church word, but we got to use it. You know, like there are just certain biblical theological terms we've got to use. And so I guess this one to me rose to that uh, import of people got to be educated on, on what this word is. Um, but I still think sadness and grief aren't utterly different necessarily. This is just taking sadness and grief and putting it into a biblical practice of admitting my sadness and grief before God, taking my sadness and grief to him. When I did the sermon, I think it was Psalm 42 back during our, our prayer and fasting series back in the spring, I contrasted grumbling, which is a bad biblical word, and lament, which is a good biblical word. So grumbling, Chris, you had kind of given the illustration back then of the child skins his knee and he runs to his father with a skinned knee, that's lament. That's like a proper faith word sadness. Whereas grumbling would be, my dad doesn't care. I'm going to run away with my skinned knee, you know? <laughs> um, and so I th that, that was helping me. There's like this relational posture with lament of bringing our grief to, to God. It's not just grief, but it's bringing our grief to God. Mm. Love it. I mean, and that's that's what you you basically said that for your application, right? You mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you you said pray with sadness and grief, bring it to God, pray the Psalms, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. bring it to others, right? In the yeah. Christian community, so yeah, yeah. I, I think those are the basics. It's a basic skill, man. Okay. Moving on. I don't know. I feel like we're not, <laughs> no substance today, guys. We're just rushing through it. So welcome good. to the party. It. it was awesome. Just kidding. <laughs> Point two, faith trusts God's sovereignty. And you define sovereignty as? Sovereign. Sovereign. <laughs> I like to break words down. Reign is in sovereign. So he rules and reigns. It's about the kingship of God. And he shall reign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. We should have had a big choir Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's about you the rule and reign of God, the the meticulous prediction of the future, which the faithless heart, when they read these predictions of the future, they say, "Oh, this has to be a giant manipulation because we know supernatural things can't happen. God can't predict the future. Prophets don't exist. You know, like there's this whole string of uh, presuppositions that." pull people away from the scripture and there's a lot of great great external evidences to, sh to show no this was really written you know back in 500s bc but uh people people just can't stand for it because they don't like the idea of god being able to predict the future but faith, and this one i think this one i think is such a I don't know, we might get too deep in here, but <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I think the the waiting for Christ's return, I think we find ourselves in a very, this one's really hits, hits home, I think, for me of mm -hmm. this, like, um, is God really sovereign? And what are, what are, you know, as we look around, we're told again and again and again, no, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, calm down there's nothing ma there's nothing magical out there there's nothing spiritual happening mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and and as we're waiting there is that tension of gosh like we yeah we're still waiting for jesus you know um I, and i keep thinking of the is it the einstein quote of sort of like 
either everything's a miracle or nothing is. Mm. And I don't know if maybe that's a internet attribution. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> someone go Google that. But um, what I mean for now, like uh, again, just uh, this is diving quickly into application. But what what what's your process? You guys' process of that that temptation to think God's not actually doing anything right now. What what's your strategy there to say? to remind yourself he is at work is it, you know mm, that makes me think of uh you know period after the old testament like uh-huh. we mm. we tend to say like that's a period where god wasn't working or something right like mm. we the silence well, or, yeah, yeah silence or i thought the same the thing mm-hmm. like after these prophecies yeah. there's that 400 year gap in the bible kind of yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so what do you think yeah. they would have <laughs> said and done what happened in that period Mm. Yeah, mm, interesting stuff. I go outside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really go outside. It's like the older I get, the more mm. I start seeing beauty in outside. I think for one, because mm. every time I pass by something, it's either new life or new death, mm. and that kind of mm. just reminds me that the world is still going. God still got it under control. Everything's mm. still working, mm. and I think. Uh, how God told, sorry, going to the Old Testament, you made me think about it. Abraham, mm-hmm. I know this is in different contextual basis, but mm-hmm. he's like, can you count the stars, dude? Mm-hmm. No, you can't. And I think that small thing of a reminder of being so finite in this universe mm-hmm. just keeps me at bay. Like, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but I know God is still sovereign. He's still mm-hmm. working. Just going outside reminds me of that. The sun is still setting, shining, all of mm-hmm. these crazy things. This planet's in Leo. Something's happening over here. But, man, that's mm. just a, a good thing for me to remember is that the source of life starts with God. And I think outside is one of the closest reminders we have other than looking at my kind of newborn son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I was trying to move the application towards practicing our faith is the same thing as the sovereignty of God. Cause I'm in reformed circles. There's a, there's a tendency to like fall down a rabbit hole of like meticulous providence and kind of going at it philosophically and how, how much God preserves, controls, maintains, oversees every little detail of life, which I mean, that's, that's fine. I'm not saying it's wrong to go down that hole. There's just never really a call in Scripture for us to build our philosophical, meticulous sovereignty understanding muscles. <laughs> like, that's not – we're not called to that. We're called to pray and read the Bible and obey it. You know, like, so as a pastor, I've tried to bounce that tension of, of like, now what are we actually supposed to do? You know, well, we're supposed to do prayer. We're supposed to do – Bible reading and obedience and like, um, you know, the hundreds of years of, of silence, quote unquote, where God wasn't speaking. Well, well, he was because he was speaking through the word, you know, so there weren't active prophets. So it felt like nothing was happening. But I think this Daniel vision specifically, this Daniel vision is predicting what was happening in that period of God not doing anything. It was like the vision was saying, okay, there's going to be this period where there aren't any prophets, but I'm going to be doing this stuff, you know, <laughs> like this evil man's going to rise and fall and it's not by human hands, you know? So, um, so yeah, God is at work. Uh, it's just, that's important to me to maintain 
our faith, even when it seems like God is silent, God is God is speaking. So to Kendrick's point, the Bible makes it clear he's constantly speaking in creation. Psalm 19 says day after day, he pours forth speech, but he's also constantly speaking in his word. His word still speaks today. So, um, yeah, I just think it's important to to listen, be like, OK, Lord, I'm opening my ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we've talked about that a lot recently. I've been cheering on a lot that finding silence, building mm-hmm. silence, mm-hmm. Or, or not just silence, but mm-hmm. God, you know, chasing after God's voice. Because um, mm-hmm. I think, like like you said, Kendrick, it, we find ourselves in a weird place where we can be inside all day long, all every day, all the time. We could never go outside, you know. We, yeah. Especially right now, right? You could stay in your house and just Skype everyone all day, you know, maybe. <laughs> mm. But uh, that's weird. Like we've never. That's never been a option in in the past history you know that Mm. and then like we can the other thing i've been thinking about is we can have the voices of men and the 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 wisdom of men and in our in our ears Mm -hmm. uh, all day long and then even as we're going to sleep put in your podcast and we listen to something as you fall asleep you could have no silence in your life or no god's not god's word in your life and i just man that's so huge like yeah, when you start to wonder if God's in charge. I was just talking to someone the other day of like, I just don't feel, you know, it's saying like this this really deep hurt of like, is do I have the Holy Spirit? I don't feel close to God anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, I don't know if this is good advice, but I said, well, let's look at your human experience. You've got all these kids. You've got no silence. You've got no, t- mm-hmm. you're tired all the time, you know, especially young parents. Like mm-hmm. they go through this valley of like, well, Okay, let's think about when have you felt most close to God? Well, it's when you had a moment to slow down and read his word and think and have some quiet. It's like, oh wait, all of those things are gone. You know, you're mm-hmm. just you're just exhausted and there's noise everywhere. And so I don't know, just again, like I think that's to me the human experience of even lament is like admitting you're a human and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're feeling things and anyway, yeah. Yeah. But God's word, obviously, is the way he shouts at us and, and through nature. Yeah, it's good. I think what's unusual about our current time of noise and busyness is what I see in my own life is I, I feel like I swing from like zero to a thousand really easily. You know, like everything is so accessible that I find myself. It's not like a gradual like. I'm filling more and more and more of my time slowly, slowly. No, it's like I can have purposeful time of silence. And then the next week, every moment's filled. And I don't even know what, like, how did that happen? You know, like, it's this weird swing. I don't know if that even makes sense. But but it's not like a slow buildup. It's just to like, oh, my gosh, I just gave away my whole week and I filled my head with noise and busyness and voices, you know. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Segway us, Joey, somehow. Somehow. Segway, segway, segway. No, I was going to ask about <laughs> application. So your application for the yeah. first point was, you know, lament, come to God in prayer and mm-hmm. others with sadness and grief. And mm-hmm. then your point in this one is Daniel sees God's prediction. He moves towards God in prayer. So your application, mm-hmm. again, is prayer. And you mm-hmm. add scripture reading, Bible reading. Um I don't know. I was just wondering if we can make that connection between lament, application, prayer, God's yeah. sovereign, application, prayer. 
Yeah, and I probably should have been more specific since I just talked about lamenting prayer. I should have said like petitioning prayer or asking prayer, you know. So under trust God's sovereignty. Different types of prayer. Yeah, there are different (laughs) types of prayer. (laughs) You can Mm. call God up and be like, hey, God, I'm sad. And then you could call God up and say, hey, I need something. Uh, And so, yeah, I think trusting God's sovereignty is like, God, will you move in my life or in other people's lives? In Daniel chapter 9 next week, he's like, he's seeing that this prophecy is about to be fulfilled. So basically, he's seeing Jeremiah's prophecy that they're going to go back to the promised land. And he's like, oh, this, this thing God promised is about to happen. And then he prays that God would make it happen. And so I just think that's this awesome example of Daniel is moved by God's predictive sovereignty to pray that God would do what God said he was going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah. So my, I was thinking, and this, I just didn't close the gap linguistically. I was thinking, asking prayer, you know, pursuing God to fulfill his promises and give us what we need and help us and be with us and all that. So making your request known, that type mm, of prayer is the type of prayer. Make your request about? known, yes. Was that Philippians four, six, seven? Yeah. Don't be anxious, but present your request to God. I always get it mixed up now because I memorized it in NIV and then I started reading yes. Yeah, supplication is a word in supplication. that one. Yeah. yeah. But with prayer and supplication. Yes. Make your requests known. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Point three. So Faith lament, the end. supplicate. Oh, sorry. I like all these big words. Lament big words. and supplicate. <laughs> yeah. Lament. Cry and ask. I think those are the simple three-letter English words. Mm. Where does uh, where does lamentations fit into the Acts model of prayer that you guys always talk about? Hmm. Confession. So, confession. Yeah, answer. we've actually struggled with that in church. We often fixate confession on just I'm a sinner that needs a savior, but. It's kind of fits into this larger picture of lament. Our world is broken and needs a savior, kind of, you know. So acts is adoration, prayers of adoration, prayers of confession, prayers of thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. prayers of supplication. You said slash lament, so A-C-L-T-S? A-C-L-T-S. The L is just silent. Acultus. Acultus. The L is silent. It's a a silent silent L. L. Yes, Mm. it's a silent L. It's common in in, uh, Welsh. Welsh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we really really have talked about that. I've started to love to think of it as run to God with all Mm. all the hurts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your own things you've done to yourself and done to others and things that people have done to you. Mm. That's that's the confession time, the refuge time. Um, Yeah. Do we still sing the running to his arms? Do we still sing that song? Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that song. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Word. I keep trying to find a point to talk about Chris's new song, but I just don't know if we have time. But I've tried and in two you, different points. And then when you bring your prayers to him, you can rest in his arms. Oh, that's yeah. not the song I was talking about, but yeah. Oh, oh. different song. Oh, the battle the battle song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's kind of a sovereignty oh. song, right? That's a predictive future sovereignty song. Wasn't that kind of why you went with it? Totally. Yep. 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 That's the yeah. I, I mean, that, I, I was I was in really enjoying it, especially when it tied. So it seemed like it tied really well to your this whole faith and see. Well, we're about to go to the last point, but faith sees the end. So you know the verses of when all I see 
is a battle you see the victory like mm. like when all i can see is this evidence of what what i can see mm. you you know what's going on on the other side you know what's going mm. on um in the spiritual realms now and and in the future um and i think i i think i said it better it's funny yeah spitballing in the middle of worship but like that when there is a battle our part of the battle is to is to pray mm-hmm. i mean that's that's you know it's not to be super awesome mm-hmm. it's to pray to the one who's super awesome and so so that the chorus saying yeah when i fight i'll fight on my knees like that's that's such a good uh kind of a daniel thing right <laughs> i mean we even see him getting thrown in the lines then because he refuses to stop praying you know mm. um instead of just saying okay i'm gonna change the law or you know whatever it is he's just keep praying man uh, he does other things too but yeah mm. that's the that's the heart of the battle is to keep praying it's mm. good so you were yeah. seeing it tie in with the seeing the end the last point which is yeah. where it sees mm-hmm. the end of things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what did you, well, see? Did you see i mean it's all mm-hmm. yeah go ahead what do you i mean <laughs> what should i did you think it tied in somewhere <laughs> else dave well, I was thinking sovereignty, and Chris said, sees the end, which I guess they're, I mean, obviously, they're all connected. But uh, Chris actually, he and I discussed a little bit, he hesitated on the song because he thought it was actually maybe over, over triumphalist, over triumphalistic. Is that fair to say? Um, hesitated? I wouldn't, I think the way I would say it, that's good. Uh, this is a whole nother podcast, but uh, uh, mm-hmm. there's a strain of thinking that uh, uh, says the battles we face are are sort of these weird materialistic battles or mm. um, just my own personal battle. And there's a strange like Americanism upon put upon it, like mm. um, I which it's it's weird because those things are true. Like like mm-hmm. our physical needs are real, and God cares about that, but. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, like, like we go there my battle quickly. for wanting a fancier house. Yeah. God, that you have this battle. You, it's your, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I, I just, I hesitate because I just think what, what I was thinking, my answer to that kind of thinking was, was, I said this to the worship team, God gets to choose what the battles are that matter. <laughs> it's, and it's usually not an alone thing. It's what, what are we battling as a body, as a church? Like, what are the things? And it's the battle for his kingdom and it's the battle for the knowledge of, and truth to go out. It's not just, I want a nicer house, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And then he also gets to choose what victory is. He, mm. you know, he decides and like, I was, I kind of, it was kind of a funny downer moment with the worship team, but like, man, sometimes God defines victory as us getting beat up. Mm. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, farther us dying. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes that's the victory he has um, because he has a bigger battle in mind than just our comfort. I really. Mm. And so, um, actually, that's why I tied it with Jesus is better. Jesus is better says than any comfort. Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. And so then we have this like there's this bigger battle than you may be thinking about. Um, and that's a beautiful thing to remind. But again, that's a whole other podcast. But uh, those are some of the things I was chewing on for that new song. Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. Go listen and, and wrestle with the theology people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it was a good thing to sing because I think what can happen is we can posture ourselves as we don't want to take part in that abuse, so we'll run 
away from a biblical idea, even though it's still a biblical idea, you know, so we want to be careful not, not to do that. So, yeah, I'm glad, glad you took us there. And again, last, last, like the nuance is so important that it, he, God does care about our little battles that are, that are Mm -hmm. battles to us, Mm -hmm. you know, our Mm -hmm. battles of affection and our battles of, of the things we want. Like he cares about all of it. So I never want to say that's not true, but I think we can get totally consumed in that and forget, like you're saying, remember the long-term big picture that's what you're saying in this whole sermon and so i love when it ties those things together and says man i can get over this little battle that's bugging me right now because i remember god is trying to like preach the gospel to the ends of the earth right that's bigger than this little you know i want some candy right now (laughs) you know whatever it is so that's good Can you help summarize your final point, Faith Sees the End? Um, we're already kind of talking about it, but I guess it's not saying that, like, Daniel, like, made the best choices because he, in his power or whatever, like, looked ahead. It was that he yeah. recognized God's sovereignty, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And that God was in control of them. Obviously, he had prophetic vision. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm kind of confused with how that applies to us and how yeah. that works seeing the end. Like, cause in that song, yeah, think, you know, yeah, I think they're, they're similar. I think the trusting sovereignty point was the whole process of what God was doing and that God is in charge of history. And so God's saying ahead of time, these good and bad things are going to happen that I'm overseeing, you know, based on your, theology you know god is making them happen or ordaining them or whatever you know whatever words we use for that but god is sovereign over this whole process and then faith sees the end is like and my hard times will end you know like evil and death will end and there are short-term ends and there are long-term ends and so in this prophecies there's prediction of the specific horrible thing that's going to happen you know in like 175 bc or whenever that was 160 bc that's going to end and there, that's said multiple times in the text, like bad things, it's going to be rough, then it's going to end. And this is pushing us to see like, okay, God has me on this track that's, that's a track of suffering. This world is a world of suffering, but that's going to end and he's going to replace this with this glorious future. And so, you know, this was a springboard of Daniel had gotten visions in chapter seven that had a more eternal perspective that gave us some of that. He's going to get other visions in chapter nine that have more of an eternal perspective here in chapter eight it was more like this specific future suffering in a few hundred years is going to end and then i was saying that's going to springboard daniel to oh yeah eventually all sin and death and suffering is going to end and that's what we see by faith we trust that god is fixing the universe you know he's fixing the sin problem in my own heart by jesus's death and resurrection but he's also tying up the whole universe. There's going to be no more sin, no more death, no more pain. That's the last apocalypse of our Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 20 and 21, is this you know glorious climax of everything's better and God comes and lives with humanity and sin and death is done away with. And um, so that's what we look forward to. And then there's the emphasis with this particular bad guy, Antiochus Epiphanes. He's going to be broken, but not by human hands. And that's the like invisible hand of God 
God's sovereignty working to end evil, sin, and death. That's like code language throughout the Bible, not by human hands or not done with hands. It just comes up again and again, Old Testament, New Testament. Paul uses it to talk about our salvation as Gentiles. You know, we don't have the external markers of the people of God of Judaism. Those external markers are done with human hands. Paul says, you've got something better not done with human hands. We're saved by Jesus. Um, and so I felt like that little phrase of the end of evil, not by human hands, it's done by God. God's ultimately saving the universe. We can, again, put our faith in him, put our faith in the ending that he's bringing. Um, and that's, man, that's what it is to walk with Jesus. Paul Paul has this whole paradox in Philippians 3 of, of you know, to truly be someone who's arrived at the end of maturity you recognize you haven't really gotten there yet, but you know, you can see it, but you're not there yet. So you strain forward, you know, you walk by faith. Um, it's just this beautiful section in Philippians three, where Paul says, I haven't obtained it yet, but I strain forward. I keep, I keep walking for it. And he says, anybody else that's mature, that's arrived at the end is going to have the same view that we haven't really arrived at the end yet. So. Sorry, I was preaching. That's good. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> We've only got a few minutes left. Who else has anything yeah. else to say? Kendrick, you've been quiet. Uh, I liked your application to mm. put uh, suffering in perspective. I think you, mm. in the application, again, tied uh, the first kind of two points in the third when you were saying, uh, it's okay to be sad here. Sometimes mm. we do a job of telling people, like, oh, these sufferings are not even, like, compared to the ones, mm-hmm. uh, to the present glory that would be revealed. And then... So we choose sometimes not to lament with people or mm. like say grieve mm-hmm. uh, or, or just so we don't put suffering into perspective um, oftentimes. But I think this is a really balanced point of like, man, the world is in crazy shape. The world kind of sucks in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, times are hard. These things actually lead us to prayer. Mm-hmm. Things also lead us to actually being sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we are at this healthy end or we say okay i'm sad my sadness has brought me to this realization um of romans eight eighteen, mm-hmm. and and i do know that the things that are coming god's glory that will be revealed to us will make the suffering um not even comparable and mm-hmm. so i think uh the last point for me was a really good point just to remind us that it's okay to do that um especially in these times uh where it's like it's really you'd be hard pressed to find um individuals on the outside who are concerned about others suffering Mm -hmm. because we have so much suffering going on in our own lives kind of like chris was saying us Mm -hmm. um narrowing in on those small battles and then you kind of tie that into the get a three by five group share Mm -hmm. your highs uh share your lows as well Mm -hmm. so i think i like the good point Mm. Yeah, I was chewing on the funny linguistically, like even saying the end is such a funny thing for Christians because it's like the end of one thing and the start of the next thing. Right. Mm. Like the end is near is almost like the beginning is near. I I just just fascinating. You know, you'd say it like 10 different ways in the sermon, Dave. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it felt like, well, just, you know, there's that danger of the wrong thinking of. Well, we're we're getting close to oblivion, people. So don't worry. You know, someday it'll just all be gone. 
And what we're, so, you know, just trying to like chew on that and say different ways in my head, like mm -hmm. the end of wrong, you know, uh, Brooks teaching, my wife's teaching the kids, uh, I heard the bells on Christmas day. I think, is it the one that mm. it's the, no way? Well, that's one of them. There's a few songs that have the same mm -hmm. thought. It says it's like, but in that one, it says the, the wrong will fail. The right prevail mm. with peace on earth. Good. So it's like this, the end of wrong and and right carries on and and it's so so big to know that the suffering will end and the injustice will end and the wrong will end but the right keeps going mm -hmm. the good keeps going mm -hmm. like it, it made me think of uh i've had some experience with you know people with chronic pain mm -hmm. right like yeah and and one of the worst parts about ongoing chronic pain is this idea that this is forever that mm -hmm. this is it that's just gonna be this and possibly worse forever the rest of my life mm -hmm. and and so as christians that's what we can start to feel like with suffering and wrong and injustice is mm -hmm. oh yeah this is just it forever versus what what's the difference in your mind that happens when if you said came to someone with chronic pain and said on tuesday mm -hmm. it's going to be over mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to run a marathon like what what does that do right like mm. the way they live would just completely like like you can get through this pain for two more weeks or one more year or whatever it is mm. mm -hmm. if you really know hey there's a cure coming like the ultimate cure and that's what that's just as a metaphor like right the ultimate cure for everything is coming yeah. like we don't know when you know you don't know that it's tuesday but <laughs> but you know it's gonna happen right yeah um so well, and to that point uh, jesus says live like it's tuesday right <laughs> like he, he's he's like live with that confidence like no it's really coming mm. it's coming soon and i'm gonna i'm gonna start training for my marathon now you know i'm gonna go ahead and go buy the tennis shoes even though i'm currently in chronic pain and i can't do it um yeah that's good mm -hmm. good one i think we wore that that out mm. wore out those running <laughs> shoes Word. anything else dave no. Chris? Kendrick? We were going to make goat mm. sounds, right? Goat and ram sounds to end. Just kidding. Just yeah. kidding. Don't oh, do it. Pretty good. Good. Animal sounds. Sava rain. My tones. <laughs> to say it again. Sava rain. All right. Well, before you hear my kids screaming and yelling <laughs> and sounding like goats, I think I should let us go. Well, this has been Sunday Recap. Thanks for tuning in to a short episode. Thanks for bearing with us. We'll see you all next week.